So Memorial Day weekend has arrived, and with that comes, in so many ways, the beginning of summer and the time we can really start checking the standings. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks Crossover. I am your host for this, or at least the co-host for this voyage into the bottom of the baseball sea. My name is Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Over there is my once-a-week co-host. Please, please identify yourself. Miller Thomas, host of Locked on Dimebacks over here. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. You can look up the show account, Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram. And please, please, please hit subscribe on the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube. Well, you can follow us at Locked on MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Well, those of you who've been listening to the show are probably sick to death of me saying this, but I'm going to say it again anyway. The season in my mind can be broken into three segments opening day to memorial day memorial day to the trade deadline trade deadline to the end of the season each one of those is roughly two months and each one of those two months is a critical turning point that you can have in terms of judging your team the idea of it's too early to look at the standings it's too early to judge a team that time has passed. We are now in some, some summertime, some, some summertime. Summer. And we can now, we can take a look at our teams and have a realistic look at which teams are surprising us and could build upon that, which teams are really devastatingly disappointing. And as we go on, especially in the second segment, I'm going to go over a little bit of my own personal metric which I have to calculate whether or not a team is having the summer that their fans deserve. So look at, um, oh, and, and just quickly, by the way, so there is no confusion. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So, hey, uh, Miller, hey. tell us a little bit about some of the teams that are contending and which teams are surprising. And I'm very glad you haven't rubbed it in my face that the Diamondbacks beat the Red Sox. Yeah, I mean, they only beat them in the finale because the Red Sox were able to take two games, the first two games of the series, despite Rafael Devers not playing. But I think probably the biggest surprise of the season is probably the Arizona Diamondbacks, where it's still their third best record in the National League, one of the highest scoring teams in all of baseball, number two in runs scored in the National League. They lead the National League in batting average as well. Their pitching has been just fine. I mean, Merrill Kelly put on a masterclass performance in Sunday's win. So the D-backs have two frontline elite starters. They got great offense. And so that team is clicking and buzzing right now so i think they probably are the biggest surprise at least in the national league um during the first half of the season but probably in the american league i think a team that we discussed a lot in the offseason because they gave out a huge contract to a pitcher who always gets hurt in jacob Degrom. but the texas rangers are making a lot of noise right now in the al west their run differential on the season is plus 123 which leads the american league 
better than the Tampa Bay Rays. And that's, of course, of us uh, recording this at 421 p.m. on Sunday. So this Texas Rangers team, I mean, they've gotten great contributions from the Ardalis Garcias of the world. The Simeons and Corey Seegers have been pretty good. I mean, Seegers has been like in and out the lineup, but Simeon's been pretty good. The rotation, I mean, they got a whole bunch of above average major leaguers in that rotation. I mean, of course, DeGrom, he's been hurt a lot of the season, but we still have Martin Perez, Nathan Avaldi. You got rookies like Josh Young stepping up. This Rangers team has been a great surprise. They've been dominant offensively all season, and it's one of the teams I'm going to be looking out for for the rest of the season to see if there's a regression hit coming for them because I think they're super talented, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they make a little run in the playoffs. Well, you know, I've been extraordinarily critical of the Texas Rangers, and Bryce Patrick, our dear friend from Lockdown Rangers, uh, texted me to remind him that I said – a bunch of bad things about the Rangers going into the season. And I've been, you and I have been critical of them. Uh, and he says, a Ranger Twitter is going to come at us with guns ablazing. Uh, and I said, bring it on. I, I, I do think they've had, I think Bochi has been the biggest acquisition that they've made this year. I think Bochi knows how to handle his staff, knows how to handle a pitching staff and he knows which buttons to press. And this is why he's a hall of fame manager. You know, and sometimes mm-hmm. a manager is, you know, you know, there have been Hall of Fame managers who joined a team where things didn't work out. Like we saw what happened with Joe Madden when he went to the Angels. And, you know, Jim Leland is, an, I think, should be in the Hall of Fame as a manager. And he had a disastrous season with the Colorado Rockies. You know, there's sometimes it doesn't work. But I think Bochi with this team and with this talent has been uh, a perfect, perfect fit. And is it means that you're going to have an excite, you know, the potential for an exciting summer in uh, Texas. Now, we talked yet we talked last week about some of the disappointing teams. You know, we brought up San Diego and everything. I'll tell you the thing that is interesting when you have a disappointing division, because mm-hmm. right now the American League Central is a mess, yeah, and the National League Central isn't much better. Which means all of a sudden, as we're recording this, the Detroit Tigers are only a game out of first place. Disgusting. <laughs> it's yeah, disgusting, it's but it's there. And the Cincinnati Reds, who had a wonderful, you know, they're, they had a wonderful ser- series against uh, the uh, the Chicago Cubs, who are spiraling. Um, the Reds are only a few games out of first, despite being a sub five hundred team. They're only a few games out of first. And they have a bunch of hitters and players who are playing very well in the minor leagues. Thank you very much. You know, if you're the Reds or if you're the Tigers, and, you know, obviously the Pirates are just barely out of first place at this point, And you're like, let's, you know, there's a real chance for you to do something positive with your team right now. Yes, that it's because St. Louis has been disastrous because Cleveland's been a ma- massive disappointment so far. Minnesota has been first place, but nominally, I mean, they want up they you know, they've dropped going into Memorial Day. They've dropped seven of their last 10 games. You know, like they played the Blue Jays over the weekend. It was like, well, technically someone has to win this series. Um, I think you could see some team going into this middle third. And this is why I break it down like this. If you're the Tigers, if you're the Reds going like, wait a second, what are we doing? Um, w- w- let's, let's improve the team. We, 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 if no one else wants it, 
let's, uh, you know, let's, uh, you know, let's go for it. You know, normally I would agree, but I don't know what a playoff berth would even do for those teams because you still look at those teams on paper and you're like, if they do make the playoffs, they're not doing anything in the postseason. Like both these centrals, I'm just like, I don't care which of those division winners make it to the postseason. Like they're not going to do anything. And so I'm like, I would think I would just rather concede the season. Like if I'm the Cincinnati Reds, what does winning 85 games, winning the NL Central and making the postseason even do for me as a team? I think I would rather just go back in the lottery with a chance at getting the number one pick if I'm the Cincinnati Reds and be like, you know what? Let me actually still try to auction off my players. Even though it's crazy that they're kind of in this race for the division. It's like if Luke Weaver's my number one starter or Hunter Green's my number one starter entering a postseason, like do I really have any chance of doing anything? Like most of the time we've seen the last few years, we've got your NL wildcard teams like the Philadelphia Phillies and the Padres and Braves make some noise. But are the Reds or the Tigers on any of those teams level when it comes to talent? Absolutely not. So I think it would honestly be kind of foolish to think, oh, because I'm the Tigers with Eduardo Rodriguez and Spencer Torkelson, let me go out there and try to win the division because we're going to make some real noise in the postseason this year. Allow me to retort. Okay. You partially retorted, you know, by the fact that the the we saw the Philadelphia Phillies. Well, I don't think anyone was comparing to the 1927 Yankees last year when they made the postseason that they were the definition of an afterthought. They weren't supposed to get past St. Louis. And they got to within two freaking wins of the winning the World Series. You know, there are instances, but, you know, also, and again, what if, and this is a strange concept to say out loud, what if you give your fans a reason to show up? You give your team a reason to wake up in the morning and play hard. You have a fun season. You have a season where all of a sudden you go like, hey, I thought this was, I thought this was going to be a dead year in Detroit. I thought this was going to be a meaningless year in Cincinnati. And all of a sudden, some of those young players, you give them their first taste of being involved in a real pennant race and say, all right, we did that. And maybe sometimes that first step is what you need to build upon. Or I don't know, isn't it more fun? I mean, you're with the Diamondbacks. Isn't this mm-hmm. year more fun than it was a couple of years ago when they were like a hundred lost team? I agree. Isn't but it more season- fun to walk in to say, hey, our team doesn't stink this year? But I think we're conflating saying the Phillies who've made as a wildcard team, even this D-backs team, with two teams who I think on paper are just atrocious. And because of the divisions that they play in, they are are on a higher level and we're viewing them through a different prism just because of the division we play in. There's no Bryce Harper on this Cincinnati Reds or Detroit Tigers team that could take over a postseason and just be the best player in the world and carry your team to the World Series. Unless you're telling me Miguel Cabrera at age 40 or Jonathan Indy on the Cincinnati Reds is heating up. I don't see the talent for those teams to get over the hump. So it's like, I I, I agree to the point of the pennant race. The, the players should try to get as much experience in that. But once those teams are in it the last couple of weeks, why not just, you know, play in that pennant race, you know, have that good month of September where you're in it. You're like, we're a couple games back. And you know what? That final week, just tank. Just say, you know what? We were in the pennant race. We didn't make the playoffs. It's okay. We still had a great season. And we had you thinking we were in it until the end. Well, look, that sets up what I want to talk about in our second half Ooh. in a very big way. What a but look, at just because they're a long shot, doesn't mean you should maybe put your money on a little bit. If you're going to be doing that, may I recommend you head over to FanDuel. Now, truth be told, we're recording this before we know what happens in the Celtics and the Heat game. So, hey, all I do is this. 
Denver's in it. And whether they're Denver's playing the Celtics or Denver's playing the Heat or by some loophole, Denver's playing the Lakers again, you can go to FanDuel because they got the no sweat first bet. Oh, wait a second. I got to do more than talk about FanDuel. There, okay, it's up there. Okay, I did. All right. <laughs> oh boy. All right. I'm gonna. You want? I'm just gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep, keep going, going here. You know, FanDuel's got the no sweat first bet up to two thousand five hundred dollars. That's two thousand five hundred dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's more money than the A's are spending on their players this year. And do you know what? If you use FanDuel, you can get a safe and secure app which you need to have when you're making bets. You get paid instantly, and they get that the money. And there's no better place to bet all the playoff action, whether it's Stanley Cup, whether it's the NBA Finals, or whether it's the Detroit Tigers versus the Cincinnati Reds in the World Series. That's right. It's a rematch of the 1940 World Series, which I remembered right off the top of my head. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the National Basketball Association. Boom. Little cough there. Mm. All right, we're here with Miller Thomas. We're doing a locked on crossover here, Memorial Day edition. Now, those of you who've been following the podcast, I know I have been over the years, know that I post who owns baseball every day on Sully Baseball. But I'm doing something else, and I've done this for each of the last couple of years, and it is based upon my notion of what a baseball team's purpose is. What is the purpose of a baseball team? What is the job of a baseball team? What is a baseball team there to provide? Miller Thomas. Win games or provide entertainment doing so. Provide entertainment for the summer. It is summer entertainment. Mm. It is That is its purpose. It is not there. Oh, let's go to the game. All right. The, every team should put their best players on the field and try to win. They should. They should. That's what they should do. That's entertaining. I'm not saying they're going to win. But inevitably, there's some teams that will not win. But a baseball team's job is to provide entertainment for the summer. That's what Cincinnati and Detroit have to be thinking one way. Wait, Ooh. are we doing our jobs by providing entertainment for the summer or turning to your fans and say, well, what we're trying to do is develop a new draft strategy, da, 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 da. Sometimes it's the good thing to punt. A few years ago, the Astros punted. They traded everything that wasn't nailed down. And a lot of the players that got back in return in some of those trades wound up being part of the team that cheated their way to the 27 World Series title. Cubs did the same thing. But if you have a chance, if you have, see, we're in a division and uh, no one else wants this, mm, let's, let's take it. Now, the last couple of years, I have developed my own. Obviously, I have my Who Owns Baseball stat. I have another stat, which I keep a track of which is called the summer score. Ooh. And every year, this is how the summer score works. Basically, what I try to do is I try to create a tally to see who has the largest tally at the end of the season to see, did you provide your fan base 
with an entertaining summer. And some of the teams that have a decent summer score didn't make the playoffs. But their fans got some entertainment. Here's how you calculate it. Every day from Memorial Day to like, – there's, there's no – it doesn't start until after Memorial Day. Because before Memorial Day, it's just the early part of the season. It's too early to tell. But between Memorial Day and the 1st of July, every day when you wake up and your team's in a playoff spot, your team gets one point. Between July 1st and July 31st, every day you wake up in the morning and your team is in a playoff spot, they get two points. Mm. It means a little more. It's a little later in the season. That makes sense. Between August, between July, uh, the between the end of July and the end of August, for basically for the month of August, every day you're in a playoff spot, you get three points. Whoa! Between September first and the end of the season, every day you're in a playoff spot. How many? You get, you get four. Whoa. And in that month of September, every day you wake up and you're within a game of a playoff spot. You How get many? One. You get wow. a one. So basically, it's like, oh, we wake up, oh, we could, we could be in a playoff spot by the end of the day. So obviously, if you wake up in September and you're a playoff team, you're like, oh, man, it could happen. Okay. So what I'm going to do is this. I didn't tell you I was going to do this. Mm-mm. I did this for the 2021 and 2022 seasons. A perfect summer score from, from May 31st to the end of the regular season in 2021 the White Sox, the Rays, the Astros, uh, the wait, yeah, the the no, no, sorry, the White Sox, the Rays, the Dodgers, and the Giants had perfect summer scores. Wow! Not now yet. the Astros were one off because they were not in first place on May thirty first. The teams that had high summer scores were the uh, the Astros three twenty one, the Red Sox three twelve. And then you saw like the Yankees. The Yankees went months between being in the playoff team. Then they had a great second half of the season. So they had they uh, won 67, which was just barely ahead of the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's who didn't make the playoffs in 2021, but were a – didn't make the postseason at all, but gave their fans a 164 summer score. The Blue Jays gave their fans a 53 summer score. The Cleveland Indians, and they're finally being called the Indians, gave them a five summer score. The Dodgers and Giants had perfect summer scores. The Brewers had a huge summer score. The Padres in 2021, a season that they finished sub 500, had a 200 summer score. Even though they finished sub 500, they were still a playoff team on September 13th because they had a great run and they had a horrible collapse. Same thing for the Mets. The Padres had a higher summer score than the eventual World Series champion Braves. Last year, the only teams that had perfect summer scores were the Astros, the Yankees, oddly the Blue Jays, who fired their manager midway through the season, the Dodgers, the Mets, and the Padres. The Phillies didn't become a playoff team until July. And a team like Milwaukee, who missed the playoffs altogether, had a triple-digit summer score. Believe it or not, the Red Sox had a summer score of 53 last year. And the Orioles, had a, the Orioles had a summer score of 6, and the Angels had a summer score of 7. So, basically, you take a – and in the end, it kind of evens out. Yeah, the Angels had a rotten year, but they were in the playoffs for a couple of days, and then, that, then it was over. 
So I calculate this because those are teams, and some of those teams miss the playoffs altogether. And yet, their fans had fun during the summer. They were able to go. Now, they may not have seemed like fun when they, when they wound up losing the division in September. But guess what? That's not the summer. It's June, July, August. Oh, we're having fun watching our team. That's the purpose of a baseball team. I want an anti-summer score for the Oakland A's this year because I want to see how many losses they can rack up. I want to see them be the first 35 and 127 team to just finish the season with by far the worst record. And I want to see what that summer score would be where for every loss that they get, they get one point added to their summer score. Just think, as recently as August 23rd, 2021, an A's fan could wake up and say, our team's a playoff team today. What happened to the talent? Uh, Sent away. Gone. Sent away. That is the summer score. Miller Thomas of Locked on Diamondbacks, I need you to say to me which team you think is about to break out. Oh, which team I think is about to break out? Okay, yep. I like this game in the second half of the season. There's some yep. definitely some strong contenders. I mean, maybe the Yankees get healthy. You could pick a younger team like the Miami Marlins if you want. But for a nice second half breakout team, I think as they start to get healthy, I think health is a big question for this team because they're currently 500 at the time of us recording this podcast, but they're still loaded with talent. They got a new owner a few years ago who's not afraid to spend money on this team and come the deadline. They might try to add more talent to this roster because the budget is never too large for this squad. I'm talking about the New York Mets, who are currently 27 and 27 at the time of us recording this. Verlander, who's starting to get healthy. Scherzer's been there for a lot of the season, but both of those guys haven't exactly clicked or looked like the salary that they're getting paid. So I think if those guys could start to heat up, even a guy like Francisco Lindor, we all thought he was back last year. But if you honestly look at his stats during his three years with the New York Mets, he's kind of underperformed to what he was in Cleveland. So if you can get him going in the second half, Pete Alonzo, the polar bear gets going, maybe your rookie Francisco Alvarez and your rookie Sanga pick it up in the second half. Like I think there's so many players on this Mets team that are, you know, maybe star level quality, all-star level players that we consider, but are not exactly playing up to standards. I think if their better players start to pick it up in the second half, that's a team that could definitely break out because I think they're still so loaded with talent. I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, made some real noise post Memorial Day. I think you're I think you're right on that. Um, I, I think the Mets are going to have a very good second third of the season. Um, I think the Astros are about to just go on a rampage. I mean, the Astros have played very, very well. I mean, they've won eight of their last 10 games, you know, but it helps to go to Oakland. Um, Oakland's probably going to lose their 50th game before they win their 15th, uh, which is unbelievable. Um, I, I think the Astros are about to just just turn into a Godzilla film uh, pretty soon. I'll tell you another team that, you know, based upon what we've been saying a little bit, um, I think the Brewers Ooh. are going – I think the Brewers are going to make a move, make some sort of move, some sort of trade – for a bat that will be that spark plug. Yeah, I'm not saying they get a superstar. They're going to make a move to get a professional hitter in there, and that professional hitter will just kind of change the chemistry, change the biology of the lineup. 
And I think what's going to happen is the Brewers are – remember how last year the American League Central was completely just just dense and like only one game separated three teams for most of the year? And then Cleveland just said, F this, and they put on the F thrusters and just won comfortably. I'm taking a look at this division. I love the Pirates. I think the Pirates are one of the most fun teams in baseball. I, and I think they're and I thought going into this year they had a chance to be a five hundred team. And I think they probably will be a five hundred team. But I don't think they're, you know, unless some of their young players just explode, I, I they're they're not there yet. The Reds are a fun story, but only because of the division that they're in. Like you were saying, in any other division, this would be, yeah, they stink. Um the Cubs, I think David Ross, I don't understand why he still has a job. Um, and I do think that both David Ross and uh, Schneider of the Blue Jays have to, they, they, you have to make the, ch- the change. I mean, I mean, Ross, absolutely. And Schneider, we're seeing the, the Blue Jays, even with some of those wins against Minnesota, have just, just stumbled to the bottom of the standings. But, you know, the Cardinals are the team that have just stunned me, that they are just not – you know, I was thinking, do I think the Cardinals are going to catch fire? And I've seen nothing about this Cardinal team that makes me think it's going to catch fire. And so I'm wondering if Milwaukee's going to take a look around and say, why don't we just make a couple of moves and just be better than everybody else? Where 90 wins means you probably win the division by 11 games. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I think if they, 90 wins, you win this division comfortably. And so if I were in Milwaukee, and I think Milwaukee has talent, they can pitch. And I think they what they need is they need that big professional hitter in the middle of that lineup. Again, doesn't have to. We're not talking about them acquiring Mike Trout or something like that. Just a good solid hitter in the middle of that lineup that will just keep the lineup moving and kind of you know take some of the the pressure off of the rest of them. And I think the Brewers are going to have a very good second third of the season. And as much as I would love to see a Pittsburgh or a Cincinnati win that division. Um, right now, I just think Milwaukee looks like the only team that, you know, is, assuming that the Cardinals don't have a turnaround, that the Brewers will be the one that puts on the aft thrusters and eventually just puts everyone away. I actually feel the totally opposite when it comes to the NL Central. <laughs> I feel like this Brewers team is just a bunch of just smoke and mirrors right now. And I actually think they're going to have one of the biggest second half regresses in Major League Baseball. Just because I look right. up and down this team. You look at it currently, they have a negative run differential. One of the worst in their division. Only oh, I know. Slightly, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, so they're only slightly behind the Cincinnati Reds when it comes to run differential. You look at their lineup, just statistically, Rowdy Telez is the only guy hitting above 800. Most of their guys, like Willie Adamas, has been like their best offensive player the last couple of years, and he's currently injured, and he's having down season. Yelich is once again struggling. Jesse Winker hasn't done anything. Like, there's really no one in that lineup that's had that well, productive. That's my point, that, that it, this is predicated on the team making a move. This is predicated entirely on the team saying, you know, bringing in a professional hitter that will, you know, that will spark the rest of the lineup. The, yeah. As this team, I mean, that's why I said they'll look around. And go, well, let's go to let's pick up this guy, and all of a sudden that one hitter suddenly takes the pressure off the Yelichs and everyone else, you know, the uh, to to start playing better. If they don't do that, then this is probably an eighty-one win team. Yeah, I don't think there's any spark coming. I think you would honestly have to like replace like 
three to four different dudes in the slime just because it hasn't worked the last few years this offense is just they've been looking for another batter the last few years and when they do get that extra batter like a hunter Renfro, they'll trade him in the offseason for like a jackie bradley jr so i think this brewers team i think is going to be like how the brewers handled the season last year where they were a good first half season where they were good in the first half of the season, and then they got to the deadline. What they what did they do? They traded away Josh Hader and kind of tanked in the second half of the season. I think we're going to see the same thing this year. We've already seen discussions about how Corbin Burns maybe hasn't exactly been happy so far with the Brewers this year, and he hasn't exactly lived up to being Corbin Burns this year. He's had a good season, but not like that elite Corbin Burns type of year. Freddie Peralta struggled a little bit. Brandon Woodruff has been hurt. Like I think it's actually the perfect kind of year for the Brewers to have a reset. Their bullpen has been elite. Like You could trade away some bullpen arms if you want you could trade some of those rotation starters if you want and then honestly a guy like willie adamas i think he's going to be a free agent this offseason or he has like an option so it's like you could just retool this whole thing if you're the brewers trade away some of your rotation guys trade away some of your pitchers maybe a trade of willie adamas and restart this thing all over again yes you're still in the worst division but i do think that cardinals team is getting hot i do think they've played a little bit better in the month of may i would have to check their record but they still have way more talent than I think this Brewers team. They're five games back. Like, if we're talking about the Reds of taking this division four games back, like, I'm going to look at the Cardinals five games back with still so much more talent. It's been a weird situation. They don't know whether they want to play Contreras in the outfield, DH catcher. It's been weird. But with the amount of talent that they have on paper, I'm looking at the Cardinals to take that division because I think the Brewers are going to have a major second half collapse. Intentionally, maybe. Brewers are going to win the World Series. Wow. That's okay. Go to FanDuel. Play, look, yeah, what it, look, look what it your 401k. Let's see. Go I'm going to try to look it up real quick what those odds are on uh, yeah. <laughs> on the Milwaukee Brewers to win the World Series. Yeah, let's say I take 100 pick. Let's say I take 100 bucks out right out of bet on the Brewers to win the World Series. What would I get back? Let's see. I have it right here, actually. Uh, Milwaukee Brewers, they're plus 2,700. So I think if you put a dollar down, you could get like 270 back. What if I put a hundred down? You get twenty seven hundred back. There you go. Boom! That sounds like amazing yeah. money. A hundred dollars yeah. though. You hope you got to be ready. To Wait, lose what that. if I put ten thousand dollars on? Well, that, that twenty seven thousand dollars. I'm guessing. You know, now you, now I'm not. We're in the math part of this podcast. It's not my strength, silly baseball. All right. Well, do you know what your strength is? Putting on a great show. So tell people where they can follow your show. Hey, follow me on, uh, you know, all your streaming platforms, Locked on Diamondbacks. Follow us on YouTube. Please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. If you want to follow us on social media, at Creator Thomas 24 for my personal account, or look up Locked on Diamondbacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And you can follow me. I am your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. We didn't do a trivia question today, so the uh, the previous trivia question is still out there for those of you who is the only person to win a World Series for two different New York franchises to, in, in order for this. And they had to have been someone who actually played in the postseason the year they won the World Series. So the only two players have won the World Series for two different New York franchises, and they were active players in the postseason for both of them. So send those answers to uh, either Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, or to the YouTube channel, and you can follow those at all those places. Talking about baseball as we start the summer score, and don't forget the purpose of baseball is to entertain you in the summer. This has been a Lockdown MLB, Lockdown Dimex crossover. Last one with this graphics format next week. 
brand new graphics will be on yeah. for this one too, like the other episode. He's Miller Thomas. I'm your pal Sully. Let's fist pump for another week.